Chapter 20 They're round here somewhere, hiding out, a deep and unfamiliar voice insisted. It was close, the voice, probably just up the path from the sad place, and it spoke a little the way Hannah and her family did, thick and smooth and slow like molasses, but with none of the sweetness in it. This bit of brown cloth is the proof. Crouching in their underground hiding place, Amanda felt Hannah startle. Then ever so slightly, ever so carefully, Hannah began to move. She was searching in her pocket. Amanda could tell for the piece of cloth she had used earlier that day to erase the letters of her name. The Hannah she had written on the floor of Amanda's room. Amanda put her mouth up to Hannah's ear and, quieter than she'd ever spoken before, dared to whisper, Do you have it? No, Anna hissed back. Must have dropped it in the meadow. Amanda's heart fell into her feet. Sure as I'm born, this cloth is slave cloth, the unfamiliar voice resumed. We're bound to catch them soon. Me and Whitney sure aren't fixing to return empty-handed. For one, the money's too good. Mr. Williams is offering to pay us double when we get them back to him. For two, he's plenty angry. Doesn't like what it says to the other slaves, them getting away. Wants to get them home again and use them as an example. I can see why. So me and Whitney, we intend to catch them runaways and know what? I'm thinking we're going to get them today. Right, Whitney? Uh, another strange voice answered. Of course, I'm here to help you. Yet another voice said. Amanda recognized it as Charlie Meeker's. Wouldn't be doing my job if I didn't, would I? But now I got to tell you, Mr. Beckworth, we here are peaceful folk. Why, I've known John Van Dorn since he was a boy. He's a good man, doesn't want trouble. Trouble, one word Jake echoed. Aren't I right, John? That's right, Charlie. Mr. Beckworth, the last thing I want Amanda's father's words were drowned out by the dog's ferocious barking. What is it, Sniffer? The man they were calling Beckworth asked excitedly. Do you smell something over in that brush pile? Say, Whitney, I think she's found something. The dog began to paw at the brush, growling low and steadily, starting to dig his way in. Amanda and Hannah huddled together, trying not to breathe. Mr. Beckworth, Papa's voice rang high and nervous above the menacing sound of the growling. This here is sacred ground. My babies are buried nearby. I can't have your dog messing up this place. I carefully cleared to honor my babies that passed. I have to ask you to stop this minute. Good dog. Got something there, the man called. Beckworth shouted, ignoring Papa's plea. Keep at it. Keep at it. The dog was getting closer. 
Already he had pulled some of the brambles on the brush pile away, and now a ray of sunlight slit like a knife into Manda and Hannah's hiding place. In a matter of minutes, the growling dog would make its way through. What should Manda do? Should she try to sneak Hannah down the tunnel to the opening and out into the ravine at the other end? The slightest movement would give them away. Manda couldn't think. She couldn't move. Her mind and her body were paralyzed with fear. Then all of a sudden, the dog ceased his growling, ceased his digging, and began to bark repeatedly with excitement. What was happening? Had they detected through the space in the brambles? Now everything was silent. Only the sound of Hannah's frightened breathing. And out beyond the brush pile, the squawk of frightened birds. Why, what did you go and do that for? One of the voices called out angrily. Are you clumsy or just plain stupid? Take it easy, Beckworth. Manda heard Charlie Meeker say, it was an accident. I didn't mean to drop it. Seems like it fell out of my pocket. Always a carrying a bit of beef jerky with me. In case I get hungry, your dog, Sniffer, is digging away at that brush pile as if it were a bone. Guess he was hungry. Forgot all about the pile of brambles. Sure does go for jerky. Jerky. One word Jake repeated. Why, I have a mind to, the man called Beckworth stopped. Now look, Charlie Meeker said, you ain't going to find a family hidden under a pile of brush, are you? You're only going to find ground. They ain't around here. Too close to people in the house. No slave family's going to be foolish enough to hide here. Inside the hole, Manda and Hannah listened. Was it possible? Had Charlie Meeker guessed where they were hidden? Was he trying to save them? Or had they just gotten lucky? What about this cloth? Beckworth asked angrily. Where did it come from? Oh, they're around here somewhere, I suspect, Charlie said. But you ain't gonna find them in broad daylight. They got this far north, they must know a thing or two about keeping out of sight. I got a suggestion. What? The voice asked suspiciously. Come back here tonight when it's good and dark. Sometime around midnight, when they're apt to be moving about, you bring your dog and I'll get some others with theirs. Seems to me. Tommy Bartlett's got a hunting dog, and Bill Snodgrass. Tim McCormick's got one, too, though I'm not sure about Tim's sympathies. We'll come back tonight with the dogs and fan out through the woods. We'll find them that way for sure. Three or four dogs and a mess of men will find them. What do you think, Mr. Beckworth? Hate to say it, but I guess you're right. Them slaves are experts at disappearing during the day. When it's dark, they come out and move around some. With enough dogs, we'll find them. 
So long as you leave your jerky at home, he added angrily. What do you think, John? Hope you won't mind us coming back here later tonight, Charlie Meeker asked. You know the new law. Gotta do my duty. Mr. Beckworth, you and your associate come with me, and Jake. We'll get something to eat and gather up the men. We're gonna leave you now, John. Leave you here to tidy up. Put everything back to rights. But remember, John, we will be back around midnight. Midnight, one word Jake echoed. Midnight, Papa repeated. I won't forget.